Welcome to a St. Patrick's Day edition of Grill. How long corned beef, mister? Three hours out. Three hours out. Thank you. I am Robert. <laughs> Robert O'Steele's across from me is Miss Hello. Echo Hawkis. <laughs> Say hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're back. Uh, it's Thursday, St. Patrick's Day. This will be coming out to you on Tuesday. I am Robert Stills. That is Hello Echo Hawk. And this is Grill. How long steak, mister? 13 minutes. 13 minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. We're back on track. For our usual a usual Tuesday release, I'm very happy about that. And Me too. we do not have a guest today. We're going to make this one short and sweet because I am tired. Hello is tired. always tired. Always tired. Man, getting up at five thirty in the morning sucks. So, let, so uh, let's blow through it. Uh, uh, updates. You want to go first? Don't drag this on. I will. Okay, I'll make this as short and sweet as okay. possible. Have you been fired yet? Um. Yes. <laughs> and no, it was like a mutual agreement. Like, Chef, on um, Saturday, uh, this past Saturday, he was like, you know, let's have our chat. And I was like, oh, I was wondering when this was going to happen. And so, long story short, it was just a very mutual agreement. Just like, yeah, it's just not working out. Sometimes just that's how I got and, fired at my last restaurant. It, I mean, they were just like, you know what's up. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I bas- I don't like working for you. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like so he much He didn't like, like you that. working for him. Yeah, it was. It's not like it wasn't so much like that, but it was like in the very beginning when I moved to mornings, it was the lack of being able to communicate with the two people in the morning chef, that was just like chef also found out you were not telling him about being late to work that, that was that was i didn't tell though i that know but i'm saying he found out and was pissed off he was a little he was a little angry so get that resume together we're gonna keep the, the we're gonna keep <laughs> the listeners tuned about your stages which is exciting uh-huh. for you people that aren't in the industry a stage is basically a tryout that you are not paid for usually you're paid with a shift drink and a, a, meal. And a meal yeah so you work for I don't know anywhere from two to six eight hours sometimes eight, yeah. ten hours I don't know depending on place it is or the chef depending on what you do but you will get paid. Uh, maybe a job you'll get or maybe. a beer and a meal and you're out of there. Yep. So honey hole front. Well, let's see. Uh, I got hit by a car last Friday. Yeah. You are in kind of a rough shape right now. Yeah. I was skateboarding down a hill very fast and the car pulled out in front of me and I flew over the hood and busted up my ribs. So it's very hard to lift heavy things at work. Um, unfortunately, there's just not enough people in the kitchen to cover me. So I called off one day, ate a bunch of pills the next day, <laughs> and I'm basically in a bunch of pain having people pick up my slack, which I do not like. But we have one manager going on uh, vacation, so I'm covering her manager shifts, and I have another guy that moved tonight. So, I mean, that's just how it goes in the kitchen. I tried. My girlfriend was just like, you, you know, what's going on, this and that, thinking it's not that bad. And I'm like, this is how, this is how it goes. This is, yeah. If you can stand on your two feet and you can hold a pair of tongs or your hands Pretty can much. move, um, you're, you're good. Even if you're one-handed, one-armed. <laughs> yeah. I've so, thrown out my shoulder at work before. Yeah. Put it back in, waited a couple, like 10 minutes or so, gone back on the line. Like, 
you can do it. So, but good news is, I you know I might be moving up the ranks here pretty quick, learning some uh, good stuff. Some that I was talking about on the show. Remember, I yeah. said you know I went to I think yeah I'd said that I went to my management and they are gonna start uh, teaching me the the haps with the craps and the. I don't know what that means. Yeah, to the crafts. <laughs> I just want to learn how much meat they go through and, you know, numbers. It numbers. Trying, hundreds of pounds. Trying to learn week. numbers. Trying to learn numbers at that place. It's pretty pretty cool. I was talking to the owner today and he was talking about some of the other um, sandwich shops in the city of Seattle. Beautiful. Oh, shit. I didn't do my intro. Uh, whatever. This is well, uh, Studio 212, Seattle, Washington, <laughs> South Lake Agent. Uh, we are part of the Soundcasting Network. Yeah. There. Sure are, um, but yeah, he said some other owners of some other sandwich shops came up there and were just came in there and were just watching, ordering sandwiches, eating them hella slow, just watching. I just mean, like one bite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we were talking about a sandwich shop down the street. If their oven went out, would you let them use your oven to cook something? <laughs> he thought about it, was like hell no, and then he came back to me and was just like, yeah, you know what, I would, except for one guy. He's a nice guy. Shout out, Sean. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's uh, the updates for our work. Yeah, I really missed the line so bad. I mean, I was thinking about like, luckily I do work at this, uh, you know, cool sandwich shop. But if I was in a kitchen, I wonder if they would let me off work. I wonder if they would just call me a bitch and a crybaby if I came into work whining about my my ribs being bruised and having a contusion on my uh, inner lining of my lungs. Um, I don't know. It depends on what kind of kitchen you worked in. Uh, they'd probably call me a bundle of sticks. <laughs> Some people would probably call you a bitch. Yeah, I, don't I don't know. It depends on where you were. Them fighting words in some some kitchens. It really is. Unless you're a Latino male that's cussing me out in Spanish, because that's all they ever call you as a bitch a and bit, say they want to fuck your sister. Punto and yeah. <laughs> tu madre. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so today on the podcast, we are going to be, uh, like I said, short and sweet. We're just going to go over the James Beard. Um, finalists have came out this year for 2016. Is this 2016? 2015. 2016 awards. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, so we're going to let Hillel run through them real quick. We're not going to go too deep into them. We're just going to kind of discuss a couple of our favorites and uh, the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Um. So I Stop never... saying um so much. Oh, God. You can call me out, too, about saying um. Okay. Uh, um and uh, likes um. and... We're working on it, people. We're working on it. We're, we're new at this. We, we work in this. kitchens. We're not I'm professional speakers. N- not any way, shape, or form. Um, we will be as soon as we get a sponsor. Again. <laughs> we're going to take lessons on this. Okay. So I had no idea that the James Beard list was so extensive. Like, I didn't know that it went... And covered so many different topics. Um, But yeah, so some of the things that it covers are all sorts of different cookbooks and broadcast media, journalism, like outstanding restaurant. Maybe we'll get on there one day. Maybe. It does cover podcasts. What? Who's? Did you find out who's the podcast? Um. I I didn't look it up. I didn't. fuck. But it does it does cover that. It covers um new it covers radio, it covers um where did I see it? Um it covers all sorts of media and then um one of my favorite cookbooks that they uh covered um that's getting one is or well, that hopefully we'll get one is Nopi, the cookbook, 
um, from Yotam Odalingi and Ramel Scully. Um, and the Food Lab, Better Home Cooking Through Science. What? Yeah. The Food Lab here in Seattle? Mm-hmm. It's a, what's the award is it up for? Uh, it's for Best Cookbook. I was not aware that they have a cookbook. Maybe I'll call and see if I can find... Um, Let's just say um too. Shout out uh, Jason Stratton or Jason uh, Jason and Nicole Wilson. Uh, I believe they're involved in that. Nathan Marivold, I believe, is involved in that too. Um, I will find out about that cookbook. But awesome if they won a James Beard Award. Uh, Yes, you should. Okay, and some of the best new. We're gonna get into some best new restaurants. Um, They it will. So, Death and Taxes in Raleigh, North Carolina. I've read about that. I've, Me I've, too. I've read about that a couple of times. I don't. I don't know if it's worth a trip down to North Carolina, but I don't know. Um, but the chef is Ashley Christensen, and the next is Laundrette, which is in Austin, Texas, and at the head team is Renee Ortiz, Laura Sawicki, and Margaret Vera, and then Liho Liho. Yacht Club in San Francisco, California, and it's the head chef is Ravi Kapoor. Um, then there's Shea in New Orleans, um, <clears throat> and the head chef, I think owner as well, is Elon Shea. I think I'm saying his first name right. He's Israeli. I think I'm saying it right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, then Stable House in Atlanta, Georgia. Chef Which I've Ryan. also read good things about. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Chef Ryan Smith. Um, then Wild Air in New York. And that's Jeremiah Stone and Fanbian um, Von Houskowski. Fanbian Von Houskowski? Yes. Fanbian Von Houskowski. What's that <laughs> restaurant called? Just Wild Air. Wild Air. I, I just got a feeling that I probably can't afford to eat at half these restaurants. I know I can't. <laughs> Um, Good luck to those. Those are best restaurants. Yeah, best restaurants. Um, then outstanding chefs. We don't want to go over outstanding chefs. We don't. Okay. All right. Uh, Alenia's up. Oh, uh, no. Who's up? Who, um, anybody in the Northwest outs- up? Outstanding restaurant is Alenia. No. Oh. Um. Nobody in um, Pacific Northwest is an outstanding chef. The only major ones from Pacific Northwest that I read on there is Canalis's wine program. Canalis wine program. Yeah. And then now best sommelier last year was in the Northwest was the guy from RN74 that we were supposed to have on. We were trying to get on the show, but Mm -hmm. didn't come through. Any other major James Beard Award nominees from the Northwest besides our area? No. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, but the ones in our area that are going to get best chef. For the of the Northwest, Northwest yeah. are Greg Denton and Gabrielle. Uh, I can't say her last name. Uh, are from Ox in Portland. Um, it's an Argentinian restaurant, um, and that sounds delicious. Argentinian food is really good. Steaks, meat. Yeah, um, Mike Esten um, here in Seattle. El Corvo Pasta. El Corvo. <laughs> Have you been to El? Corvo? I've not. Uh, my buddy, shout out Bobby Love, uh, put me onto that place. It used to be down in Pipe Place Market. Uh, it's one of those places that you have to show up as early as you can when they open up, I think, at 10 or 11. Once the pasta sells out, it's out it's for done. the day. Yeah. And all they have left is gelato. 
So now they have moved down to Pioneer Square. I highly recommend that place to anybody that is listening to this podcast that has not been there. Try to get there early. Have a glass of wine with your pasta at lunch. It's all made in-house. It's all fresh. It is delicious. El Corvo is probably one of my favorite pasta. It, It is my favorite pasta in Seattle. It's it's like right around the corner from my sister's work. Um and so she's she's gone there several times. Delicious. Yeah, she keeps telling me about it, but it's it's on Pioneer Square and I never go down there. Um and then there's Renee Erickson, um who's this is like her second um nomination um at least she's Does already won. It is it just uh what restaurant is it? Uh Whale Wins. Whale wins, which I have not been to yet. I have not is been that, to that this one's one. in Ballard too. This one is in Fremont. Fremont. I have not been to Whale Winds yet. Me either. Um, yeah. Then there is Justin Woodward, um, and his restaurant is Castagna in Portland. We gotta go down to Portland more often. We really do. Amy, we can stay with my family. Chef Amy Boumier, who we had on the show, was supposed mm-hmm. to go down to Chef's Week. I know that the guys from uh, Spur and Tavern Law went down there and were involved in it, but we got to get somebody in that up here from, mm-hmm. from Portland. That is a chef down there. I'm sure I know some people down there. I know some people. I have family down there. We can, yeah, we can do that. Okay, and then last but not least, um, Rachel Yang and Seth Churchy. <laughs> I cannot, I should have, yeah. Um, of Jewel. Google Translator. Google Translator, man. I'm so bad at names. Um, yeah, it's Korean Fusion. I've not been there yet, but I've read very, 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 very good things about that yeah. place. Where and is that located at? In Fremont. Shit, man. I gotta go. I, I gotta go to Fremont more. Yeah. Um, yeah. And these guys have, I mean, they've, they've been on, um, I wanted to say MasterChef, not MasterChef. Um, Chopped. No. Top uh, Chef. The big kitchen where they battle another Master chef. chef. Oh my God. Alton Brown is like the. Oh, uh, f- uh, oh fuck. Whatever. What we'll it? come back to yeah. it. Any, um, any other notable uh, things that you, Iron Chef, uh, yes. any other things, notable things you want to talk about real quick before we move on to the next um, subject? Chef's Table is getting one for television, um, Netflix for, yes, for technical excellence. I bet you people thought we were going to talk about cooked episode three this episode. <laughs> no, that'll be next no, week. No, that's next week. We're going to bring a guest on. I don't know who we're going to have, but mm-hmm. we're going to bring somebody on and talk about what is it? What, um, what episode is up next? Um, three. Stop saying, um. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Whoa, your family's not going to be happy about they that GD you just tossed oh, out there. Mom, sorry. Um, I also, I wanted to mention the humanitarian of the year that they have, that they're going to give out one to. Father Greg Boyle. He's a Jesuit priest and he runs Homeboy Industries in LA. Oh, shit. I've seen, I've, I've seen documentaries about yes, him. Yes, this wow. man is amazing. I'm so glad that. What's his name? I, I recognize his name as soon as you said it. Father Greg Boyle. Yeah. Um, Homeboy Industries in LA. And he is in. Um, Stop oh, saying, um, move it along. God hello. Damn it. <laughs> Homeboy Industries. Basically, what he does, he takes former gang members or people out of uh, f- out of fresh out of prison or youth that are in the juvenile system, and takes them and teaches them how to cook and get jobs in the restaurant industry. Correct. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. 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 He runs the Dolores Mission Church. That's right. That feeds homeless mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. I haven't read. I haven't. I heard about this a couple of years ago. I think mm-hmm. I saw a documentary about on Vice. 
Not even on munchies, just straight up on Vice. Yeah. About him. Anything else? Um, no, that's it. Hey, girl, how long's sick, mister? Seven minutes. Heard. Shit's resting. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Hillel. Those are your James Beard nominees for Pacific Northwest. And I mean, if you want to look it up, we posted it on our page. Some people around the United States. I guess there's some really crazy awards out there. Bobby Flay's up for a, a, a Christmas. A Christmas episode that he did on, on Food Network. Oh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Okay. All right. Now, on to more serious business. The... <laughs> the, Danny Meyer. He is the CEO of Union Square Hospitality Group. Uh, those restaurants include 11 Madison Park, the Modern, and Gramercy Tavern. All three of those restaurants have Michelin stars. Yes. I believe it goes one, two, three. I think 11 Madison Park is three. Gramercy Tavern is two, and Modern is one. I don't know. Anyway, um, I recently, last week, had listened to an episode of Freakonomics Radio. It is a podcast uh, ran by the people who wrote the book, I don't know, Freakonomics, but they did an episode, which I listened to Freakonomics Radio, and this episode came up called No Tipping Point. It came out last week. It's recently new, um, but it was about no tipping in the restaurant industry. We've talked about that here on Grow Along Steak Mister many a times, and they interviewed Danny Meyer. Now, we talked about a couple, I don't know, how many episodes ago we talked about? Episode three or four? We talked a about- A long time ago. We talked about Danny Meyer in, in his restaurants in New York that he was eliminating tipping and how that was going to go for him. So the results are in so far. Yeah. Uh, he started no tipping a couple months ago, I'm going to say August, uh, late August, early September, if I remember correctly. Uh, he started at first at the Modern, and in the first month, he saw the highest grossing month on record. That's fantastic. Now he's, a lot of people said, well, you know, that's because obviously you raise the prices on your menu. And he said, mm. he said, no, he doesn't think it's because of that. It's because people were out to support the no tipping and the money is still getting redistributed through his restaurant the same way. Mm -hmm. So basically what he did is he raised the price of his food 21% and he gave everyone in the back of, back of the house a $2 raise and then he gave the front of the house $9 an hour instead of the New York minimum wage which is $2.13 an hour mm -hmm. to make up for their... Mm -hmm. but he said the 21% increase was because that's the average amount of what people were tipping. You are correct. In New York City, that's the average amount people tip in New York. I, are we better tippers here in Seattle? I would like to think so. I People say I'm a bad tipper. I mean, I get accused of it all the time. I'm sure that, you know, yeah, everybody, people out there listening. I'm, um, I'm a good tipper. I feel bad I if I don't. I try to tip 25% to at least 20%, but sometimes it's just, I can't tip that much on, you know, front of the house is different. You go into a bar, you go into somebody else's restaurant. Of course, when I walk into a restaurant and my friends hook me up and send me out stuff, that's the shitty part about it is you tip, they send you out free things and you're paying the server. You're, that mm -hmm. money doesn't go directly to the kitchen. So... I got my own issues with that. Now, um, on this podcast, which I urge everybody to listen to, if you want to learn more about read the restaurant industry and no tipping, besides listening to our podcasts, um, to be informative. They go over the you know the disparity of wages from back of the house and front of the house, and they talk about why you know there's such a shortage of cooks in the industry. Uh, they talk to everybody 
from front of the house, back of the house, management, bartenders, a lot of them went through culinary school. Uh, the culinary majority sco- of them did. Culinary, they talk to. culinary school is not cheap, people. Um, they talk about the history of tipping. Apparently, it started in Europe. And I don't, I'm not going to, you listen to the show to go over it. Um, and then recently I found out, remember we were shitting on Mario Batelli for getting in trouble for pulling everybody's tips. Uh-huh. Apparently he was, uh, he was pulling tips, doing a tip pool for everybody in the restaurant and tipping out the kitchen is why he got in trouble. And that is illegal. He was stealing tips from the front tip. of the house yeah. to tip out the back of the house, which I didn't know. I yeah. never read anything about it. In New York, it's illegal. Exactly, which I did not know. Yeah, but that's why he got in trouble. So maybe I should feel a little bit bad for calling Mario Batali such a shithead. <laughs> I mean, that happened a couple of years ago anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. My stance, I, sh- I say get rid of tipping. I know a lot of people, my friends in the front of the house will say fuck that and be mad at me. But I just, I'm, I'm, I'm back the house all the way. Now, yeah. Seattle's been at the forefront of no tipping for a while. And I just want to shout out some of those restaurants that uh, don't tip, that you don't have to tip at in Seattle. Um, Tom Douglas's restaurants, I'm not sure if he has moved up to all of his restaurants, but I know he started off with three. The Carlisle Room, which is his new one across from Paramount, Palace Kitchen, Dahlia Lounge. Everybody I know that works in the back house has been happy with that, with Tom Douglas restaurants. And they're happy now that they got you know, automatically, I think they all get paid $15 an hour. I believe so. Um, Ivers, that was a big one there at the forefront mm-hmm. of it. Ivers. Uh, Zeke's Pizza was at, at the forefront of it. Lionhead, which is up on Capitol Hill, which I have not eaten at. Um, and then Renee Erickson's restaurant, or Renee Erickson's restaurants. Um, she did all three of her restaurants, uh, Whale Winds, Walrus and Carpenter, and Barnacle. And she's up for a James Beard Award. So she is. Shout out. For her second. And then uh, the family that we used to uh, work at. That's true. 360 and Bell and Wheats. Shout out Marcus Charles. Shout out Tim Baker. Whatever. Shout out everybody down there. Yeah. All those restaurants are took away tipping too. I'm sure there's a couple more in Seattle. It's a big city. Go support, man. Go support those restaurants. They're they're trying to help people out in the back of the house. It, Mm -hmm. It sucks when you work 40, 50 hours and you still can't pay your bills and you have a tuition to pay off from calling it from the CIA, from the art Institute, wherever you may have went to school at. So, um, as long as we're on to tipping before we get to ingredient of the week, uh, your boy, Justin Bieber was in town (laughs) (laughs) last week. Uh, yeah, he was here in Seattle, Washington and apparently he caused an uproar around the city. It made it to TMZ. He did. So, Hey, this mofo goes to the whiskey bar. Uh, which is a bar down in uh, Belltown. Our friend Clay was the chef there. Shout out Colin and Donna. Shout out. He apparently ran up a $130 bill on his tab uh-huh. and walked out on it. I was just like, bye. Peace out. And he says, whatever, somebody was hassling him, he left. Well, they had to call TMZ. TMZ called the management. Management called back. Paid for his tab. 30% tip. Oh, you would, I didn't know that. You would think that he would leave that there. If you walk under your tab, come on, man. 50% tip, 100% tip. 100. Yeah, yeah. He's got the money. Well, then he goes down to the Diller Room, I guess, which is down by Pike Place Market next to the Seattle Art Museum. And he proceeds to cuss out a Latino couple. 
Really? And cursed them out in Spanish, this tell them to go fuck themselves. And then he goes, let's blow this popsicle stand. This is the first I'm hearing of this. He says, let's blow this popsicle stand. After he cusses them out in Spanish. After he cusses them out in Spanish. And then takes a picture of them. He goes, you want a picture? How about I take a picture of you? And then yells oh, at him in Spanish. Oh, my God. Then. fucking douchebag. I know. I don't know exactly what happened because he did not go to Big Mario's, which is a pizza place here in Seattle, Washington, up on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. He was not there, but apparently his crew ordered 21 pizzas from Big oh. Mario's, went in there, picked them up, left 0.00 on the tip line. There's been people that came to his defense and said, hey, you know, it wasn't him. It was part of his team, yada, 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 people. He's not responsible for all that. I don't know, man. I know I've met a couple celebrities here in town Mm. that come here. They know what's up. They make sure their bill is paid. I mean, I don't always make sure my bill is paid. I'm I'm notorious for walking out on my tab. But you're like, you go back and pay it, though. Yeah, I'm an industry kid. I run around. I know... Bartenders, owners, servers. I mean, sometimes things happen. I get, I'm a busy man, busy man. <laughs> very, very popular. No, <laughs> everyone hates me. You get, you get distracted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just call it that. You get distracted. So uh, I, I encourage everybody to listen to the Freakonomics Radio No Tipping Point episode. Uh, we posted an article on our Grow How Long Sick Mr. Facebook page about uh, Danny Myers restaurants, all the information's on there. Check it out. Support. I don't know. I'm, I want to have a front of the house uh, server on here. Get, I was supposed to have Brandon on here, but he pussied out. So we're going to move on to ingredient of the week. Bam. Bam. And since it is St. Patrick's Day or amateur drinking day, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and do cabbage. Yeah. Cabbage can be fun, people. It's not boring. Cabbage is delicious. It's good for you. It is really good. And depending on what kind you use, like in my recipe, I'm going to be using red cabbage. Adds color. Mm-hmm. So, uh, ladies first as usual. Go ahead, Miss Hello. Okay, um, I'm going to be doing cabbage rolls. So, it is kind of time-consuming. So, yeah. Um, so, you want to get, oh, let's get two, let's get three heads of cabbage. Um, very carefully peel the cabbage head. Um, you want whole leaves because that's how you're going to make your rolls. Um You want to get a large pot of water with salt um, because you're going to have to break down the cabbage leaves and this is how you do it. So get the salt, get the water pretty salty um, and damn it, I'm saying um again and uh, salty water, um, have the leaves in the in the water for about mm, four hours, mm, up to eight hours. Take it out, um, wring them out so they're not too wet, um, and then you can fill them with whatever filling you want. It's pretty standard with um, like a rice and meat filling, um, and then roll them up, um, kind of like egg roll style. Um, and then you pack them tightly into a, um, like a, a pan casserole dish, casserole dish. See, thank you. And bake it for, um, I don't know, 30 minutes or so. 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. What temperature? 350. Correct. And 
there you go. It's nice and delicious. Delicious cabbage rolls. You could add all, you could modify that in so many different ways. Yeah. That's like just a basic, basic recipe for you. I'm going to do a braised, I'm going to do a braised red cabbage. We'll go ahead and we will do, I don't know, we'll go two heads of red lettuce, one large white onion, and I don't know, man, pound of thick cut bacon. Mm. You're going to need some red wine, too. So basically what you want to do is you're going to want to cut up that thick cut bacon into lardons, which are cubed bacon, basically. You're going to want to throw that into a heavy maybe Dutch oven whatever. Uh, cook that off, brown it. I'm going to say pull that. You're going to render off all the fat. Pull that off, pull the bacon, pull the lardons out of there or the bacon, whatever way you have it. Put those on a towel. Throw in your uh, diced up onion, get those, get some color on those, translucent, yada, yada, yada. You're going to want to core your red cabbage, V-cut it, take the stem out. You're going to want to slice that really, really, th- slice the red cabbage really, really thin, both heads. I don't know. Depends how big your Dutch oven is. You're going to want to throw it in there with the onions on the bacon fat, scrape up all the brown bits on the bottom. Let it wilt down, and then you're going to want to deglaze with uh, red wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you get everything. Fill up the red wine to about knuckle deep on the, the cabbage. Yeah. So your top of your finger is touching the top of the cabbage, and it's filled up to about the knuckle. And you want to add a couple splashes of apple cider vinegar. Ooh. Salt and pepper in there, and then cover that thing up. Let it bring it up to a boil. Turn it down to a simmer. Cover it up. Let it sit there forty-five minutes to an hour till it's kind of soupy. If it begins to dry up, you're gonna want to add more red wine vinegar. Then pull it off. Serve it. I don't know if you want it. You can throw the lardons in there while it cooks, or you can serve them on top. It might get a little. If you throw the lardons in, it might get a little. Greasy. Either way works. Doesn't matter to me. I say serve them on top nice and crispy. Yeah. And that is my recipe for braised red cabbage. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, We want to thank the Soundcasting Network for having us here. I want to tell everybody, encourage everybody to go like our page on Facebook. It's under... Grill, how long steak, mister? I would like everybody to go to Instagram and follow us on... Grill, how long steak, mister? By the way, everybody, I don't know how many people of my friends are listening. I know there's... It doesn't tell me who's listening. People... No. I get feedback from people all the time that I have no idea that are listening to this show, but I just posted something on inst- from Instagram to my Facebook page automatically... I'm getting all these Facebook folks. Hillel runs our Instagram. Mm-hmm. I run our Facebook. Yeah. We kind of share Twitter sometimes. By the yeah. way, what is our Twitter? How long? Steak mister. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> any questions, any rants, complaints, uh, email us at grillhowlongsteakmister. That's mr.mr at gmail.com. Yes, it is. And uh, we want to thank everybody for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Grill. How long steak mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch.